Uh, today's episode is brought to you by Gemma Scott, uh, who is quite a generous donator. She's she she's supported a few podcasts so far, uh, and then someone whose only name is Maservi. <laughs> Maservi, Maservi. That's the coolest name. Um, which is kind of funky. I like that. Yeah. Um, so thanks for your support, guys. You too can be awesome if you cool. like, and you can support us on our Patreon. Ha ha. Um, and you can make you know the supporting us helps us make more content. Um, and buy Hummers and or jet skis or whatever it, it is that we want to do. It buys us our iced coffee. Mainly electricity with oh, which yeah. to record. <laughs> but also iced coffee. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, so check us out. Thanks to those guys for supporting. Um, so make sure if you see them on the street, you say thanks. This is Christopher Walken here to warn you that this contains some explicitly foul language. And if you don't like that... Then, I'll put my foot in your throat. The soundtrack's amazing. Yeah. The visuals are very, like, well done. And, like, the <laughs> gameplay is super fun. <laughs> and, like, because those three things are there, it's, like, it's exceptionally good. Hey, I could do it in a heartbeat and make millions, but it would feel like gouging my soul out. Yeah. Jurassic Park's a little more like DDR. If Shrek is a very tough creature, can he actually own land and want to kick them off? Where did that come from? You have to make a lot of shit up to make it up. Yeah. yeah. That's, like, that's just the truth. <laughs> Welcome back to AFA, Alpharatus Podcast. I'm David, lead writer, creative person, in charge guy. I get worse at that every time. You do. I always forget, I'm like, am I the creative director? Like, what do I do? I'm just the, uh, yeah. That's, you're the, that's you're the brainchild of this operation. I'm the, well, I know, because brainchild is like the thing that you produce. Also, hi, it's Ben. Oh, yeah, well... Again. I think everyone knows. As always. Yeah. Um, my partner in... Am I podcast. Am I 100% hit rate currently for all these podcasts? Yeah, you're not going anywhere. Oh, you're Jesus Christ. Now. Oh, you're God stuck. damn. There'll be one without you in the borderland. Oh, yeah. Um, it'll be really confusing. Um, There'll be one without me and it'll get like 10,000 views. Everyone will be like, uh, oh, like... finally, he's gone, <laughs> that fucking dickhead. Oh. Um, someone uh, someone commented. So we, we have... Um, I didn't write them down because I'm an idiot, but we, do, we, get, nice. we got a few questions come in. Um, oh really? Yeah, we people listen Shit. to this on iTunes. Maybe. We need to answer these questions. Yeah, that's fine. We'll do we'll do a separate show for answering questions. All right, cool. Yeah, I have a trendy name for it and a fucking logo. Oh really? And yeah, cool. For sure. Nice. Um, yeah, it's sick. <laughs> it's, it's, it's mediocre at best, but um, it's all right. Look, it's like a it's a perfect seven. Nah, it's like a six and a half, but it's really solid <laughs> six. And a half. Like it's not going anywhere yeah. either way. It's really solid six and a half. Um, but. One of the questions that we did get that I do remember, I can't think of who, so I apologize. Um, I can't look it up on my phone because I can't log into my account from my phone. But someone had asked, like, what would be our, like, ideal game? Our so, ideal video. So, so they were like, what's your ideal video game? Because we talk about games Jesus, a lot. Jesus, yeah. Um, so I figured the best way to approach this... Was <clears throat> to just um, ramble for an hour. It's basically to make sounds for a while <laughs> and see what happens. Yeah. Um, so, I've, I mean, I'm already off to a good start. I forgot to set my timer for the episode. That's all right. That's, we're That's fine. That's it. It's yeah. fine. That's good. Um, but yeah, so I figured we'd just talk about stuff that we like. Yeah. No, not necessarily in games, but in general, and yeah. then produce what we think is like a structure of our, the ideal game that we'd like to waste yeah. our lives lots playing of, lots instead of, of being productive. Yeah. Yeah. Let's be as general as we can and offend as many people. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I hate? What? Generalizations. You know what I love? What? Generalizations. Yeah, they're the best. Um. Let's, yeah. let's get this out of the way. The game, the game, our ideal game would be good. What? Our our ideal game would be good. What? Did, what? It'd I be mean, a good game. I don't know if that's true. Well, 
It might be terrible. We might have really shitty taste. You don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm getting all the shit out of my pockets. You've been be sitting on it for like an hour. I don't yeah. know why is now the time to get rid of it. <laughs> You're like, I just felt like now is the time. Yeah, I feel like. My thighs were warm. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, they're a bit. Yeah. A bit yeah ben is dressed very Brisbane-y. He's wearing, you're wearing a sweater. And, and shorts. shorts and thongs. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's so fucking brilliant. Summer down below, it's winter it's up raining. top. It's raining, but it was sunny this morning. So it's spring, but it's like... And it was like hot yesterday. Spring hath not sprung at all. Well, no, it springs a few days. <laughs> spring sometimes. Like, like, like Springs at midday. What was it, like two days ago? It was friggin' hot. It was hot as shit. It was, it was like, wow, okay, spring's here. And then it starts raining I got for up two today days and it was cold as shit. I, know, I got to work. I was like, fuck, I need this a sweater. This shit's cold. weird, man. I don't know I what's going on with this. that. It's bizarre. Mm. Never live in Australia. It's fucked up. No, just don't. Or do, if you're from, if you're an Australian listener. You enjoy having you a, if you enjoy having to remember who your prime minister is every uh, five months, then come to Australia. It's the white guy. It's, it's Malcolm Turnbull. It's not that hard. You just pick a white guy. It's just the right. white guy. Yeah. He's, he's probably right. Except that one time when it wasn't a white guy, but then we got rid of her. Yeah, I was gonna say we stabbed her pretty hard. Yeah. You know what's weird? What? You know what's weird? Qu- quickly, political talk. Yeah. What's weird is that like, we had so Julia Gillard. Was she was Australian Prime Minister? Yeah. She backstabbed Kevin Rudd, and it was a whole fucking thing. Yeah, Malcolm Turnbull does it, and everyone's fine with it. I think it's because he's a man. It's because that's literally sexist. that's literally. They were yeah. like, "Well, he's a man. I mean, it's not backstabbing." He's also he's, he's also lib, so he's also uh, like, the general media isn't going to scathe him. Not not to, well. That's because that's because they they all suck in their own dick. Yeah, exactly. Like the, literally, like in Australia, if you don't know, the media <clears> literally <throat> sucks the Liberal Party's dick. Yeah. Like, it's a two-way street. They suck in each other's dicks. Like, yeah. it's, it's really... It's a Rupert Murdoch is, like, in it's bed with all, horrendous. all of the Lib Party. It's so awful. Like, yeah. just the newspapers here are the most biased shit ever. They're really bad. It's, yeah, you can't even read it anymore. Like, it's just so shit. Yeah. But, um, I think it's just... That's just weird to me. That, it, like, no one... Like, five people have been like, isn't I mean, that a you bit know, sexist? You know the answer. That is the answer. Yeah, it's, it's like, isn't that a little sexist? Yeah, But exactly no one's fucking talking about it. Well, I mean, I I think a lot of people are kind of annoyed because now, now liberal has a chance of getting, of getting reelected. Well, the problem is, I think the biggest problem is that Malcolm Turnbull is a really, he's got really good policy, oh, but God. he's not running his own policy. Yeah, he's running he the can't. liberal parties. Yeah, he can't. He can't run his own policy. Because, he's also so left because the party is, well, he's like center right. He's more left. He's very neutral. He's very middle. Yeah, um, but like he can't because the party is. Party's like split down the middle. Nothing will get through. I think what I think. Nothing that isn't the Lib Party yes, policy will I think get through. He's in a weird position with his like with his policies and his history, where because he's come into a government that's been in power, he has to follow a lot of the stuff that he doesn't yeah, agree with. Yeah, he can't with. just like super back. He can't. He can't. Things. He can't backtrack on all their policies, which is what he'd do because none of them match up to what he's yeah, expressed exactly. in the past. It's just unfortunate that so it's had to happen this late. Almost. My my favorite thing so far is that Labour have been putting out. So Labour is their party. It's a two party system. Labour has been running opposition to Liberal, and they've been putting out stuff which is like. Well, so Labour's the left wing and Liberals the right wing. Doesn't make any sense. Which is confusing, but that's just how it works here. Yeah. So. Uh, the Labour Party been putting out this oppositional material that's like, what is the difference between Abbott and Turnbull? And they're ultimately, <laughs> they go through all these policies and they're like, the same, the same, and they go through all these policies. So it'll be like, um, this amount of spending on this, cut to this. This amount of spending on this, cut to this. So it's yeah. like columns. And they get to the bottom and it's like, what's the difference? You decide. And I'm like, he's been in for a day. Yeah. <laughs> it's It's been a day. He's been, he's been in for a day. He's already on Australian Story as well. He's... Which oh, is weird because that's oh, ABC. Oh, you mean? Do you mean? Do you mean that the guy who's in government isn't afraid to have an interview because he knows how to speak? That's nice. Yeah. 
fuck. You know, <laughs> I just want a leader. I mean, he is charismatic. We'll give him that much. Oh, I actually don't. You know what we need? We need a leader, not a prime minister. <laughs> I don't care. I don't. We ca- need a hero. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's 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 the hero that Gotham needs. Not yeah. The Go- not the hero Gotham deserves. Also, not um, the Gotham that it doesn't exist. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> um. No, I just feel like we need, like, I feel like we need someone in politics at some point. I feel like our ideal game is like a political simulator at this rate. <laughs> it's Papers, Please, isn't it? Our ideal game is Papers, Please. No, because that's work. That's like, <sighs> Papers, Please is just busy work. Yeah, you're right. I really I had a, I had a really big argument so with, I had a really big argument about Papers, Please with someone. With who? It wasn't me. It uh, wasn't me. No, it wasn't you. It was okay. someone, um, someone in my uni project group. What were they saying? Oh, some dumb shit. Like, they were like the... Something about... They were trying to talk some, like, faffy crap about how, like, the game... Oh, yeah, I was just like... I was like, yeah, Papers, Please isn't an inherently fun game, but it helps, like, drive the message back. He's just like, no, it's a really fun game. I'm like, no, it's not. It's no. a it's a desk it's a table desk management it's... simulator. It's not in... It's inherently, like, hard to play. Oh, that's what it was. We were talking about, like, making something, like, easy to play... And, like, fun as opposed to making something, like, difficult for the sake of difficulty. And he's like, oh, there's nothing wrong with just making something difficult. I'm like, yes, there is. Because then, like, it's hard well, to access. Do, oh, do you mean, like... Because we're making a party game. and you, you mean, like, you mean like the the difficulty of starting, right? The difficulty of, like... Because in Papers, Please, when, when you've got, like, so many papers, it's, like, hard to just manage things. You'd be like, oh, fuck, where is that? <laughs> oh, shit. Wow. You know what I said before? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe try chill with your hands swinging. It was like, so it's like you know you lose a piece of paper onto like all the other pieces of paper, and you're like, oh, fuck, where is this thing? You're throwing yeah. shit around, yeah. it's, and it's it, like, it's very much like it feels like I'm at work. Yeah, <laughs> I so enjoy it, but it, it is very so much it's like, like work. It, it drives the story back, but it's like it's not really fun because it's just sort of tedious. And if he you was enjoy just, that, it's fun. Yeah, well, he was saying like, oh, it's fun. I'm like, papers, please, is not. It's not fun. inherently. It's fun for certain people. Well, I don't. Maybe it's cathartic for certain people. I wouldn't say the mechanic of just moving paper around is fun. No. It's fun to stamp the fucking thing and well, deny the, the, people. That's what's fun, fun about that game is the decisions, not the mechanics. Yeah, well, I wouldn't really say fun. I'd say like Enjoyable. engaging, Re- rewarding. I no, because like, like it's not rewarding at all. It's like the opposite of rewarding. Yeah, because well, you get hardly any reward. Yeah, but like it. It's yeah. just sort of like you just get in like a mindset where it's just like this is what I have to do. Which is kind of like what a job is. It's just like I well, guess it it does a good job of getting its point across, which yeah. is that that job sucks in real life. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> like something that I, one thing I love for papers dealing with idiots is that that would suck, but I wouldn't necessarily have been like that was a fun experience. I learned something and I really enjoyed that game, but I wouldn't have said that it was fun. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know that that was the argument. I don't agree with guy. that guy. Yeah, no, Fuck neither. Him. Fuck that guy. An, oh, he's an asshole. You know who you are. I hope he's not watching this. Cause you know, you know I, who you are. Please don't, because I, I have to work with him still. I'd, for, less, f- fuck you later. He's actually an asshole, though. You, I, you can be fucked later. Not now. You're fine now. You're fine. Till the, <laughs> right, when, cool. when that's over, you're fucked. Well, I mean, because when it's over, I'm just going to, like, sort of just take the project and do it, do it yeah, myself. Yeah, I mean, make it better. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, because you're actually... Me and, me and a few other people who actually know how to make games. Because you have structural and you have ambition, so you, you'll be fine. Yeah, they're um, all just... Yeah. With this one guy, he's just like at the start. He was like, "Oh, I have I have Unity experience," and now he's like, he doesn't. He clearly doesn't. You know what well. I want? Something that I can say about that is that um, <clears throat> experience does not matter. What matters is that you know what you're doing, or you know how to figure out a problem. He'll well, like message me every five minutes, be like, "Oh, I have this issue where like 
Unity, <laughs> like his Unity installation, will literally be missing like the networking component. Mm. And the first time it happened to him, he just deleted all my networking code to fix it. I'm like, you fucking idiot! I'm like, where's my networking code? He's like, oh, it it was erroring out on my computer, so I deleted it. I'm like, no. it was fine on my computer because no. your computer's fucked. Fix your computer. Don't just delete my code. No. I got so angry. <laughs> I see the problem now. And this is the guy who was experienced with Unity. So here's something that I've learned. Um, <laughs> something that I've no, because no, I work. Uh, <laughs> pissed me off so I much. I shouldn't start that with no, no, because I think that's the wrong attitude. But um, something that I have learned is that um, <clears throat> people who have experience do not necessarily have the skill set required to do a good job. Yeah. So. Especially with using a toolkit, it's more about like <sighs> if you have a. Like, and problem solving. It's like, there's knowing how to solve a problem you've gotten before, and then there's knowing how to solve a problem that you get presented with. And that's with. the difference between... That's the difference between experience and knowledge. Well, Because think... experience is, I have had this problem before, I know, I know how to fix it. Whereas knowledge is like, here's a problem. It's like, oh, I can see if I can work out how yeah. to fix it. Yeah, I think that's the difference between... So, when, I, when we look at hiring artists, we go... That's the difference between a good artist and an okay one. Yeah. It's like, oh, you want me to draw this thing? And a, a good artist will draw the thing that you've asked them for. A really good artist will draw the thing you've asked them for, but they'll take the thing you want and they'll try and understand the problem at the core of it and the yeah. reason that you want it, and they'll try and aim to that rather than just do exactly what's prescribed. Yeah. So it's not like they've gone outside the scope of the project or anything, but they understand that at the heart of every task is a problem that you're trying to overcome. Yeah. So yeah. if I'm like, hey, draw a picture of XYZ for a carousel image... The problem at the core of that is that we need a fun image for the carousel that's going to engage people. Yeah. The, the core problem isn't that I need a picture for the carousel. Yeah. So that difference in understanding is the difference between someone that's great and someone that's average. Because then the person who just looks at, I need the image, they would just make the image. Whereas the person who says, yeah. I, need the I need to make this, and it also needs to just be this image at the end product. It's like, there's the better baseline understanding of what I'm making. Yeah, it's, it's that understanding that's the difference between like that average end product and a really good one yeah and i think like a lot of people don't get that because they're, they're not used to like, I mean, problem solving half of my fucking project group doesn't get that so well, it's it's the reason that like a lot of people will do degrees and not many people are successful in things yeah and that's true in like that's true in anything that's created oh dude I've, i'm like six months away from finishing uni and i'm fucking terrified because it's like i haven't learned that much but like i can get given a problem and sort of be able to figure it out with well, that's a variable more, amount of googling that's the most important part so that, that's the most important thing you can take away from any part of study of any yeah. kind is learning soft skills that let you overcome obstacles yeah knowledge we live in a world where you can find out anything on the internet yeah exactly it doesn't matter but the, the it's a collective knowledge of everyone who's doing the same thing you are people who don't understand why you do exams are stupid it's like exams are there because you need to learn how to solve problems in constraints yeah and whilst you never need to be able to know something off the top of your head for the rest of your life realistically learning knowing how to do that is a useful skill gives you a baseline understanding of how it works and also like knowing how to knowing how to memorize something so you can pull it off the top of your head is great because if you're in a court you don't have time to like you've done all your pre-work yeah. but you've got to remember what your pre-work was right yeah so people don't really understand that there is a, there is a real world translation of exams and being useful because kids are like oh you never have to remember anything for the rest of your life oh yeah it's like you should, every day of my life is trying to remember what the fuck i have to do next <laughs> i have so many lists because i'm bad at it like, people just don't... Yeah, there's no connect there. The same, especially with programming. You'll be like... You'll be in high school, and you'll be like, oh, when am I ever going to use trigonometry in the real world? 
and then like you become a software yeah. engineer and everything you do is trigonometry yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm so glad that I spent so long learning maths in high school, even though I was bad at it. Oh, yeah. Because now when I'm doing maths CSS and HTML, yeah. like, I'm like, oh, I need to do this margin and this padding. And it's just like, I can do it instantly. Yeah, you just sort of I don't have to it. sit there and be like, if it's five and then there's four, yeah. there's a one <laughs> pixel gap. Yeah. Like I, like, I can just do it. I'm like, oh, I've got a two pixel margin left to work with. Yeah. Or, or, like, just that kind of thing. I'm st- or, like, you have something that's 50% width. And you've got a 400 pixel, you've got like a 412 pixel item. Yeah. You're like, I know how much space that's going to take up. Just knowing shit like that and being able to do that maths and like those skills you learn in high school, they don't feel relevant, but doesn't matter what you do, they'll be useful. Yeah, you'll have one use for them and that one use will be like, and you'll, you'll do it, you'll be like, thank fuck I know that. <laughs> yeah, you're like, thank God I didn't have to sit down and look it up. Yeah. Or even just like banking. I'm so glad that I have good maths so I can just do, <laughs> like I know how much money I have left. Yeah. And like, I'm like, oh... I can keep a rough track in my head of how much money I've spent in yeah, a week. Yeah, same. Like, that's so useful. So, if you're in school, which not of you like, are, you look at your f- bank account and, like, some, like, recurring payment went through, you forgot, you're like, ah! Yeah. Where'd that come you're from? Like, oh, I've got less money? Oh, that's yeah. fine. That's my Spotify. That's my this. Yeah. That's my that. But, um, I mean, like, most of our audience is older. Oh, God, that squeal I made clipped so hard. The, the, oh, man, that's <laughs> rough, dude. You, it looks like you just ate your microphone <laughs> a little bit. That's terrifying. There's a big splotch. Yeah. It, uh, that's terrifying. I'm looking forward to that. Um, what? I'm looking forward to hearing that. Oh, I'll just mute that. Damn it. And then it'll sound like... Oh, I'll just insert a random sound. <laughs> or like a pig noise. There'll be some sound. <laughs> I don't know what yet. <laughs> well, for, what a mystery. You guys will know already. Yeah. But for us, it's still a mystery. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, for a lot of our listeners, it's not going to be applicable. Because you're... Like, most of it... It's weird. Our demographic is, like, 30 to 35. Um, lots of American and Australians, and that's about it. Hooray. Which is nice. I love my um, we US got a bit friends. of British. We got a lot of Canada. Little, bre- little people, British. People seem to think. I'm sorry, that was offensive. <laughs> was it? I don't think it was. I don't know. It's not. We're little Australian. Britain's a comedy we're show. To, it's not we're allowed to do that. Also, we get a lot of prob- We get a lot of accent stuff. But I get. I got initially people on my YouTube channel thought I was Canadian. Oh yeah, I get that. I get that so much. I, I think got that a lot with like shout casting. I think that's the Australian accent and being well articulated and using big words. People just and think you're Canadian. Having like a slight US accent just through. Yeah, through certain Osmos. words. Yeah. yeah. I, people are like, oh, you're good Canadian. I'm like, I am not. I am not Canadian Like, I've literally lived in Australia my entire life. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing this in front of the mic. such a shit cunt. Ben is, ben is opening his, his, his mint in front of the mic. Literally in front of the mic. That's so true. He's such a child. <laughs> the so important th- Now I get to listen to you like... Oh, favorite game. Oh, ideal game. Ideal game. Uh, well, single player or multiplayer? Uh, ooh, because that's game... literally our difference between us two. Well, that's a difference in taste, right? Uh, I mean, you can have a single player game, which is multiplayer under the surface, like Dark Souls. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, well, <laughs> we, should, we should go for something like that, because we both enjoy that middle ground. Yeah. All right, so we get like that basic idea of like having that interaction. I, yeah. There was something else recently. Just general there. social aspect. What was what did that recently that wasn't Dark Souls? It does say Bloodborne because obviously, because <laughs> yeah. um, that's a Dark Souls game. But there was something, something I played recently that was pretty popular that had like ghosts and invading and stuff that wasn't. I can't remember what it is. Journey. No, I don't was, know what platform I was playing on. So I'm not sure. But there was something recently that I was playing that had that aspect to it as well, um, that I hadn't. I couldn't like it was it was a weird thing like I hadn't seen it coming yeah I can't think of what it was but yeah. it's kind of become a thing everyone's trying to do it as well as Dark Souls yeah. but they can't because they do it well and the reason Dark Souls work is that it's super like basic yeah Dark Souls is just like 
praise the sun every five meters. Well, not even that, but, like, when you do the invasions and the fighting and stuff, it's literally, like, they don't try and balance it. They're like, if you're a higher level, you'll win. Yeah. Or if you're a better player, you'll win. Yeah, they. it's very just, like... They don't try and structure it and, like, add too much depth they, to Yeah, it. they didn't, they... Because they obviously, like, it. it's the kind of thing that, like, could be tacked on. You could tack it onto any single-player mm. game, but, like, what makes other multiplayer, like, features feel tacked on is that, like... They try to add, like, a bunch of extra rules surrounding it. Yep. So, like, the Bioshock 2 multiplayer, it's a whole separate mode, and it's, like, it got this weird work. TDM rule, and everyone's, like... It's, like, it's like uh, it feels tacked on. Yeah. But, like, Dark Souls, if there was no multiplayer, it'd still be a good game. But, like, the multiplayer is literally, literally tacked on. Like, it's, well, it's, it's fucking pasted on the walls and shit. Like, it's, just, like, the messages especially, they're literally tacked on. Yeah. Like, let's be honest. It's just, like... Well, you can play the whole game offline. Yeah. Um, they're, they're, they're an addition, they're not a thing unto themselves. Yeah, so, like, they're, they're an additional layer on top that, like, removed doesn't change the game. But added also doesn't really change the game. Well, added, well, I would argue that added, it, 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 um, it doesn't necessarily change the game, but it changes the way that you play it slightly. It adds more to the end game with PvP. Um, I mean, it adds throughout, because you can summon different people, and you can do lots of different things. Yeah, but, like, it... It having, offers... having like a pvp system inherently gives a game like a further end game after because there That's are going to people there are going to be people who are like i want to be really good at pvp i want to yeah and they've kids. actually built in as a side they've built in like er- an area where you can go to seek out of the PvPs. yeah like the bridge or whatever it is um in dark souls 2 no, that's for the dragon thing. That's a different thing. There's oh, okay. like a there's like a particular arena where you can go to and you yeah. you crouch in front of a statue and then it matches you up with someone else that's yeah. doing and it. And then there's you the have uh, a pvp match in an arena. Like all the uh what are they, like the the religion kind of things? What are they called? The the other covenants. Yeah, Acts. the covenants. Yeah. How they like some of them are PvP focused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm part of the one. I've, there's, and there's ones that are PVE focused, and then there's yeah. ones that are like um, protection focused. You go and protect other players. And yeah. Some that's it, really it's like a cool way of taking. I think the reason that works is that the game it it works off. A, it doesn't try and innovate on the game engine. They know that they have a robust baseline. Yeah. And they just use what they have. They well, don't actually, try and, like... Another element of, sort of, multiplayer that Dark Souls has is the fact that, like, they just don't tell you anything. Like... Yes. Like, there's no... Like, there's a tutorial... At least in the first game. Like, there's a tutorial. But, like, let's be honest. It's pretty r- ruthless and doesn't really tell you much. But, like... There's even less of one in Dark Souls. Too. Yeah. But, like, figuring out, like, how to do really specific stuff. Or, like, figuring out even just what the Covenants do in the first place. Because they don't tell you. It's, uh, like... <laughs> or do they tell you in later no, 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 but I know in the first game no, they no. just don't tell you okay so I'll give you a great in Dark Souls 2 they don't tell you how to level up <laughs> so I went through 20 episodes not knowing how to level up yeah. protecting my souls like a crazy homeless person <laughs> searching and it was, uh, a, it was one woman you have to talk to it's super obvious when you realise but they don't tell you you can't do it at bush at not bush bonfires bonfires no. Oh god that's ruthless yeah they demon souls at you so in demon souls you had to talk to a character to level up yeah same thing because it, it's almost the same character as well that's in some funny. ways, um, but I was like, "How do I level up?" And I was like, "Maybe I have to kill a boss. Maybe I have to kill the first yeah. boss to level up." So that's I did that, and then I was like, "I did not level. What is <laughs> going on?" And then I found the lady. Yeah, um, but because it's like that, it means that like you could play the game on your own. Yeah. But like because there's just so little information given, it it's almost like encouraged to sort of like team up with other people like yeah. online and like chat about how to solve the game well not, it's like that's that's I what think, i think it works because you can't actually talk you have to show or write. yeah i think that's the big difference between that and everything else oh yeah you can't speak to other players well, not even in game just like talking on forums like oh, yeah. outside of games Ooh. like a game that like fez fez did that pretty well with 
sort of the later puzzles yeah so fez has like the game you finish the game whatever you can play it, but there's like there's a few extra hidden areas where like getting into them is so ridiculously just like convoluted mm. and like there's a whole entire language that you have to decode to figure out how to do it and that tells you like what buttons to press in a certain part of the map yeah. and then you have to do like math equations in this different language to, and it's like it's fucking ridiculous yeah and like to the point where like it's pretty much impossible to solve alone yeah. like you you'd be there for like like six months trying to solve it mm. so people like teamed up to try and solve these puzzles in the end of fez That's and cool. like there are like there's just like pages of discussion of people trying to figure this out got to the point where like most of the or a lot of them they just ended up trying to brute force parts of the puzzle because they're like we just can't figure it out so we're just going to brute force it so there's just like there's like a google doc which is just like oh tried solutions try it just pages of tried solutions and it's like it's solvable without that but like they just couldn't figure it out like kudos to phil fish for making a fucking ridiculous puzzle there's like shit like that like fez has no multiplayer but there was that weird one multiplayer aspect social element yeah yeah it's like Dark Souls is kind of similar. I think, okay, so if we take that, so I, I really like that system yeah. in Dark Souls. And I think, I liked it even, so they, the, they changed it a bit in Bloodborne in a really good way. So in Dark Souls, you have ghosts of other players. Yeah. That it's really, cre- like, there's something about that is so creepy. Oh, seeing you're like a ghost walk up just and then just like and, fall off a bridge. You're yeah. like, I, what? Yeah. And then you walk along and the fucking thing hits you and you yeah. fall off the bridge. You're like, motherfucker, I should have seen that coming. That's, to me, that's, a, that's so clever. Yeah, because it's so subtle as well. But when you get further into the game and you see people die from stuff that you can't see, it's really creepy. Yeah, you're like... Nah. And there's something about, like, I think if if they focused on... T- like, if they wanted to, they could make Dark Souls really horror. The first game was fucking scary. Oh, yeah. The first like, Dark Souls was terrifying. Horror. Dark Souls 2 was less scary because it was slightly tonally different. Yeah. Because there were a lot of humanoid enemies, which is less scary. Yeah. But Bloodborne is one of the scariest things. Oh, yeah. Because, like, there is... This body horror and shit. There is literal... There is a literal enemy that is... You walk up, you're walking along, and it looks like a pile of dead ravens. Yeah. And then they're not dead ravens, but they're ravens that are, like, horizontal on the ground that flop toward you. And will, like, flop <laughs> like up fish. at you and freak out at you. And then flop back to Yeah, like fish. What but the they're ravens. <laughs> and they screech at you the whole time. That's terrifying. And I just... The whole game is terrifying. And yeah. everything about it is scary. And it's just, like, gross snake enemies. And it's just bundles of snakes and grass that you can't see. And then there's snakes <laughs> all over you. And just, like... Shit like that that they did really well. Yeah. Which they integrated with the ghosts because what they would do is they would have... I don't know if they programmed them or not, but they would have, like, ghosts show you the incorrect path. Oh, uh, yeah. like, try and bait you in. Yeah. And you'd be like... I don't know if I can fucking trust you. Yeah. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, I don't fucking... What are you doing, buddy? Yeah. What are you doing? And you get, like, really suspicious of everyone. And you would summon someone into your world. And you'd be like, I don't know if you're trying to help or not. Yeah. And it was just fucking awesome. And I think that... That flip up of that formula was awesome. Like in uh, Dark Souls One, where there's like parts where it's just like, try jumping. It's just like a oh, cliff. that can't. You move, run up and jump and you, and you just die. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things <laughs> in Dark Souls. Every time I read that, I'm like, fuck yeah. off, fuck you. That's yeah. great. You, you probably like, get it like the first five times you read it, then you yeah. never do it again. Yep. They it's, always get someone. It's yeah. fucking marvelous. I love that. Yeah, there's parts in Dark Souls One where it's just like, there are just a lot of unfair deaths. Well, there's. I mean, that's the great thing about the game. Yeah. But you always feel like they're somehow justified. Yeah, because you're like, I should have seen that coming, even though it came from around the corner yeah. and there's no indication of it coming at all. There's one particular boss that... It's in the DLC of the first Dark Souls that John and I spent... Uh, it would have been about 40 hours off camera. Like, it was a, like, it was a long time. 
Yeah. Like we spent literal days yeah. playing it, trying to beat this boss. We just could, like it was. We just couldn't. Yeah. Like it is so hard, and it's it's like the hardest boss in the game. God. And you can only have you can have up to two people summon at this. You can only have two people in it. Sorry, so you and one other person. Yeah. And so John had built this amazing badass character, <laughs> and we were trying to kill it. We were just like, this is literally impossible. We can't do this. So we went and watched a bunch of people beating it. We were like, we think we can do this. Like we've seen their strategies. We think yeah. we can replicate that. No, we can't. <laughs> so then you go and watch a bunch more strategies until you find one that you can do. Yeah. And to me, that's so cool. Because you, like, you integrate that with your existing strategies oh, yeah. so you get one that works. Like, And that idea of like forcing you to innovate is so cool. Yeah, like I got stuck on the freaking Taurus Demon. The one oh, on the yeah. bridge in Dark Souls 1. Yep. I, just, I was just like, I keep, I was, I would try to fight it on the bridge. And I'm like, I can't figure it mm. out. So I literally Google it's just like, yeah, climb up the tower and just attack it from above. I'm like, motherfucker, yeah, just yeah, do that. Yeah, you do the plunge attack. Yeah, the plunge um, attack. I'm like, goddamn. <laughs> I beat a boss last night in Dark Souls 2, um, which was this giant... Because I'm playing the DLC at the moment. Yeah. But I'm already on New Game Plus, so I'm playing them in New Game Plus difficulty. God. Which is insane. Yeah, that's right. Um, and I'm fighting this giant spectral tiger. That... Is that the one with the knife in its mouth? No. No, it's in Dark Souls 1. That's Dark Souls 1, and that's... I think that's Artorias. Yeah. Um, I haven't gotten up to that yet. <laughs> no. Um, but it, this is giant spectral tiger. It's, it's not a hard boss. It's just really unpredictable. So I spent ages learning its patterns and learning its animations and, like, sussing it out. Yeah. Um, and I just couldn't do it. And I was like, fuck, I need to watch some of this. <laughs> so I watched a few videos. I try and, I try and save that to, like, my last resort. Yeah. Because I want to work it out myself. And I was like, oh, none of those helped. <laughs> like, literally, because they were, like, they're, like, a magic build or they were this build. And I'm, like, yeah. a melee ranged build or something yeah. like none of that helped so i had to find i had to like take their strategies and innovate them for my style that's like i to me that's just so and i beat him and i was like fuck yeah like <laughs> it's so rewarding when yeah. you get to do that and i feel like if you can replicate that some aspect of that weird social thing that they get right yeah i, I think that it keeps bringing you back to the game yeah because you're like oh i really want to see if i can do it because like oh other people have done it i reckon i could do it but you could you always do it differently yeah because even though it's like a single player game it feels like no the community behind it is so just like i don't know dedicated rabid it literally either. feels like you're surrounded by ghosts of other people yeah all the time because you always are and they're all staring at you watching you fuck up and laughing so like, mm-hmm. yeah because you're like someone someone in another world is gonna see your ghost yeah <laughs> and be like yeah wow what a pussy wow what an idiot <laughs> what a fuckwit yeah so i think that that social aspect <laughs> Is something that I would have. Like, if I was going to build a game, that would be something that I would include. So that kind of style. Yeah. Um, and getting it right would be tough. Well, getting getting anything right is like. Yeah, but I mean, like ninety percent of like making a game is like, you you can have an idea, but it's all about the way you do it. It's all yeah. about the implementation. Yeah, absolutely. It's like it's the difference between like I don't know, fucking Bubsy and Mario or whatever. I don't know. No, that's Bubsy. a good point. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's yeah, they're pretty similar, but there's there's a few it's, key differences yeah. which is make or break. Yeah. Um. And I guess that's like, um, we talked we talked before about Shadow of Mordor and Assassin's Creed. Oh yeah, they're basically the same game. They're the same game, but Shadow of Mordor did a bunch of things really well that Assassin's Creed didn't do, but Assassin's Creed do a bunch of stuff really well that Shadow of Mordor yeah. doesn't do. So um, I, was... I picked up Mad Max actually. Recently. Oh, is it good? Yeah, is it? It's all right. I mean, it's so it's it's like a Ubisoft game. Okay, so, so it's like are... Assassin's Creed plus Batman plus Rage. From what I understand, yeah, with a lot more driving, like a what's big, Mad Max, huge, so. like a huge emphasis on driving. Yeah, which a surprising, turns... a surprising amount of emphasis on melee combat as well. It's just which a, is like for the... me, it's just like eh, whatever. It's, it's just the, the Batman system, combat, right? yeah. yeah, which is fun. It's the Batman combat, but just like cool. less. 
like I don't know if it sort of unlocks to the sort of like more like timed system of the Batman combat. It's like the Batman combat when you like you can un- like when you unlock the um like the the skills where it's just like when you time attacks perfectly they do crits. Yeah. So you so you get to a point where you're just critting on every attack because you just get, you get, get so in the good. zone and you just get but the like, timing. In Mad, I'm hoping that opens up in Mad Max. It probably will. Like it's a Warner Brothers game. It probably will. Like it's got the same like well, combo it's, system it's and you Shadow have like a, yeah. And there's, like, a rage mode that you get if you get, like, enough. Uh, okay. If you, like, combo enough, you go into, like, a rage mode and you do heaps of damage. Anyway, but it's, like, the game's fun if you really enjoy the uh, the atmosphere. Mm. But, like, there's a lot of busy work of just, like, random shit around that you uh, can do if you want. Stuff, yeah. yeah, but it's, like, usually they're, like, pretty short. And it's the kind of thing where it's just, like, as you're driving along, you can actually just, like, do them. Like, the probably the most common one is there's, like, these pillars these like pillars that the bad guys build and you mm. just have to destroy them but it's like to destroy them you either just like grab them with your harpoon gun and drive and pull it over or just slam through it so it's mm. like and they're usually on the side of the road so you'll be driving along you'll see it you'll be like okay and like maybe you'll be on a mission you'll just like harpoon it while you're going along mm. tear it down while you're driving and then keep going <laughs> so it's like it doesn't feel like unless you specifically like i have to get this one this one this one and this one and you go around and do them. If you just sort of like ignore them until they come up and then do them and then keep going, then it's like it doesn't feel too bad. Okay, so it failed what I call the black flag test. So the black flag test comes from AC4, so yeah. Assassin's Creed 4. And the black flag test is that if you have a single, it doesn't have to be physically a vehicle, but if you have a physical, yeah. if you have a vehicle which carries your protagonist, so I'm, I'm not talking physically a vehicle. It could be anything. It could be yeah. like a path or whatever. It doesn't matter. If you, if a side quest provokes you to stop that vehicle go on your side quest that you can abandon and return to your vehicle at any time but has enough interest that eventually you might think about going back that's a success what you don't want is you don't want something which forces you to get out of your vehicle so you don't want something which forces you to abandon whatever you're doing yeah like literally forces you so you have to go do that thing yeah um you don't want something that is so compelling that it feels better than your main story that was skyrim's problem um and you don't want to like have something which is so not compelling that you're never interested in it at all yeah well the thing with the mad max one is that it's like because the game is like about driving and you can still like because with the harpoon thing especially you literally just like while you're driving past it, you just spam the b button you hit a button you keep hitting a button it'll harpoon it and then you'll just keep driving you might like fly off course a little bit because the harpoon pulls you a little bit but yeah, then you're, you're just, road, just correct You've yeah. done nothing. You'll just you'll just pull it over and you just keep going. It's not a thing. Yeah, it's not a challenge. There's there's like a few other ones where there's like sniper towers and yeah. you got to hop into the the sniper is actually really cool. You can um like sort of like a few hours and you get the you basically get the sniper rifle, which is actually just you can only use it in the car and it's because you have like your um your car jockey mm-hmm. who's this guy who like builds the car for you essentially. It's just like a mechanic. Motors. Yeah. And you like you swap places with him, yeah. so he he starts driving. You get in the sniper rifle. You can actually still drive the car, and like oh, aim and cool. shoot the sniper at the same time. So you can do these once you get good enough, because it's actually pretty hard to sort of micromanage it. You can be like driving along, like see like the glint of a sniper rifle, like in the distance. Immediately swap places, keep driving, and like aim the sniper rifle. And it's got auto aim yeah. on c- controllers, which is what I use because it's a Ubisoft game. Well. It's yeah, a, it's a driving game. Yeah, it's, it's really hard game. to drive yeah. with a keyboard. Yeah, and you can sort of just like jump into the sniper rifle, take the dude out, then swap back and just keep going. That's and it's fun. like, and like that's a side mission as well. That's good. And like that's a bit more interesting, but it's like it's, it's a very like it's changing up. What, I think I think that that would that's kind of like um, 
that's the equivalent of like in AC4 shooting yeah. another ship down. Yeah, it's and part like part of that mechanic. There are there are some like the uh, there's like little camps. Well, there's there's different types of camps. There's like scavenging camps, which you stop, get out, scavenge, get back in. They're tedious. Yeah, you don't have to do them unless you just want to get scrap metal, which is like the currency. Get your loots. Yeah, but then there's like the like the enemy bad guy camps. I forget yeah. their name. You go in and punch a bunch of dudes. Yeah, you you like you can't drive your car into them. They're like they're all specifically designed with like a convenient driveway that's just like blocked off from every side. You just sort of like slam your car into there, get out of the car. Then just like punch uh, a bunch of dudes. It's the Borderlands thing. Yeah, we have like three pillars. <coughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's Borderlands like punch... were big offenders of that one. Borderlands yeah. two in particular. Punch a bunch of guys, then just like do whatever you have to do to disable the camp. There's like three different types of camps. How did no one? How did they not get that right? They didn't play Arkham Knight, did they? The game devs should have. That's a really. They. I don't know how. It's like a weird Far Cry thing. But like Arkham Knight, there's never there's never a point where I felt like I was forced out of the car. Yeah, it was always like, oh, I need. To, it's like I want to get out to do that. Well, they're the kind of side missions that like, you don't sort of, you don't really do them all along the way. You do them like because the the reason for taking down like these pillars is to reduce like the threat level in the area. Oh. And the lower threat level, the lower like roving, just like so random. They're the kind of thing where you alt tab out of the game, put the volume on mute, put a film on, and do them. Yeah. But Which it's is like, fine, because you're playing more of the game, but it doesn't feel... It doesn't keep you in. Yeah, but, like, the camps are the kind of thing you would do last. Like, you probably wouldn't do them first, because they you are very distinct. You get all your upgrades and your cool guns and your cool fisty yeah. punches. And they are, like, and... very distinct things that you do just to, like... You're like, I have to do, like, five more things, just whatever. But, like, at the same time, like, the roving... The roving cars are actually really kind of fun. Like, yeah. it's the... Like, the car combat is pretty interesting, although it kind of gets... It's sort of, like, this weird idea. It's just, like, whether you want to... Like, if you want to destroy a car so yeah. you can loot it, then, like, whatever, you destroy it. And, like, if you... Like, most enemies, if they take, like, too much damage, they start, like, running away. So you sort of chase them down. Yeah. Just like, okay, that's kind of fun. And, like, the map's big enough to sort of facilitate having a battle that moves around. Kind like, of like a, a really car chase. Fast, yeah, a car chase. That's, that's cool. Which is nice, because I was kind of worried that, like, I would feel like the map's, like, too small... And it's like going in a well, circle. It's Mad Max. Like you have to have big yeah. fucking. Areas. The the map the map is reasonably sized. Uh, the sort of like the first area you get put into is like comically small, but then it opens up from then. Yeah. That's just like the tutorial area essentially. That's a game design flaw, yeah. though, I think. But it's like, like the easiest way to get like to get rid of a car or like sort of disable an enemy is to just like smash any armor it has until it's just the base car, and then rip off the door and then rip out the driver. And then the car just stops. That makes sense. But the problem with that is that you can't scrap the vehicle on the spot. You have to get into the vehicle and drive it back to a stronghold, and then it gets scrapped. Yeah. The only way to scrap a vehicle out in the wasteland is destroy it. And in the strongholds, you can get this like upgrade, which automatically scraps the vehicles that you destroy in the area that the stronghold has like has control over. Yeah. So you get that first. So just any car you destroy, you don't have to get out, manually pick up, yeah. scrap, go back. But it's like... 90% of the time I'll be like I have like five guys on me I just have to stop them driving so I'll just pull out drivers but then, I'm, annoying. but then I'm stuck there reversing and driving into cars to destroy them so that I can get the scrap uh, I see the problem I can't just like leave the cars drive off and have them scrapped they just sit there and it's yeah. like that is so annoying like I feel like if I pull out a driver like I wouldn't care if the cars just blow up on their own so that they can get scrapped and yeah. it's like shit like that is just like oh my god it's like it makes sense from a like a thematic point of view like if you pull out like and like it's cool you you can pull out a driver and take their car and drive around in it like that's actually kind of cool you yeah. know like there's so many 
Like, it's not like... Like, you sort of start playing it, you're like, oh, this is my car. Like, the car you have, like, this is the only car you drive, but it's like, yeah. no, you can drive any car you can in drive the anything whole, in the world. You can drive anything in the whole yeah. world. Like, it's actually pretty, pretty nice, cool. Yeah. But it's like, half the time I don't want to. Well, like, 90% of the time yeah, I don't I think want that's, to. That's, that's like a lack of... Like, they've just missed... They've missed, like... like there should be a way that you can there should be a setting you can flip if you if you find that kind of thing irritating or it just like it just shouldn't be so easy just to disable a car by pulling out the driver like if they just if if i was forced to like or if there were multiple people in the car because 90 percent of the time there's like one dude in an enemy car so you pull them out car stops yeah like whatever this is boring and like you don't have to like board the car or anything you just get near it literally the harpoon oh. the harpoon gun just what oh that's weird and dumb yeah the at harpoon in, gun's like super OP. like at least in assassin's creed like you have to pull up next to someone with your ship you had to board them kill then you just get in the general vicinity of something and press b and it pulls out pulls off the door and then you press b again and it pulls out the driver <sighs> okay so that feels like an accessibility thing they've done to try and make oh it, it is accessible. like there's a lot of things yeah. where it's just like this is but it's a tr- like it's a ubisoft and it's like it's not it's a... not ubisoft though it's warner brothers but it feels like a U- um, like a bad ubisoft that's game weird. Yeah, I guess Warner Brothers kind of have that. That's like the thing they're doing. Is yeah, they're, they're they're doing that now, but it's like it feels more Assassin's Creed than Arkham City or Arkham Knight. Eh, I mean, that's not bad. Yeah, I mean, Assassin's Creed is sort of it's fun. Well, they have the oh, the fucking Ubisoft towers though. They piss me off. So the you know how every Ubisoft game has the towers. Yeah, oh yeah. So they're they're the same in Mad Max, where it's the place that you fast travel to, but it's like they're these like air balloons. So you drive up to this air balloon's place and you get out of your where car this is going. and you have to like go through a little climbing puzzle. So it's basically climbing Far Cry 3 towers yep. to get to like where the balloon is. And then like, oh, the balloon's out of gas. So I got to go back and find a gas canister, mm. fill up the balloon. <laughs> then I got to like switch a lever so the balloon comes down or I like got to like pull off the leads Just that are like holding bullshit. a balloon down. And then you get in the balloon and you literally hold the trigger down to like raise the balloon for about six seconds you just wait you just like you just hold the ascend button and you wait like why can't i just press the button and then immediately because you got it you hold it down and then you go into like this scouting mode where you can Mm. like see you have to manually find everything around you for one which is tedious as fuck because the binoculars have like they have like two zoom settings like really close and really really close uh, yeah so you can't just like look back you and see the jump. you have to go like up and down up and down up and down. you have to like scan every bit to that's find annoyingly everything. realistic it's so fucking <laughs> stupid and you can't like put the binoculars away either you have to stay in the binoculars and then when you search sounds everything like an amazing design for then me. when you search everything you put the binoculars away and it's just like you found all these points i'm like i don't care and then it's just like no you have fast travel i'm like thanks and then if you don't want to fast travel anywhere, you know what you get to do? You get to go back to the game and hold the other trigger to descend okay. in the fucking so, balloon. So that touches on like a uh, shitty problem that so many oh games Oh my do, god, right? it like, is so much tower, waiting. That tower thing? Okay, so... The... At least like Far Cry Towers or like other Ubisoft Towers, you do the busy work, you get to the top, press a button, happens also, immediately. Also, the Everything's Far Cry Towers, you get to ride an awesome zipline down. Yeah, fucking Mad Max. Or in Assassin's Creed, you jump off the tower minutes. and do a badass yeah. fucking eagle dive. And it's like, it's fast. There's no waiting. No, yeah. You, Mad you, Max. You hit one button so and you're waiting. done. What's, what was good about um, Assassin's Creed Unity is that they fucking just ditched, they ditched like having strongholds and towers and shit. And it was just like really contextual. Yeah. So if you ran past a shop, your character would remember where the shop was. Oh, wow. It's amazing. Oh, and I was like, <laughs> oh, wow. That took us 10 years? Yeah. Fuck me. That should have been like day one. Should have been like, 
if person you... in the real world <laughs> who lives in a city. So the map just gets revealed as you run through the map. Yeah, it's like a fog of war. That makes sense, like, yes. It's like, <laughs> you don't just like fuck. run into an area and you can't see shit until You're you like, get it. I wonder yeah. what's around me. No, it's like, God, I remember where the tailor shop is. I remember, like, I, you live in that, your character lives in that city. Yeah. They should have a rough idea of where everything is to start oh, with. Oh, man. I don't, like, I don't go to the city in Brisbane and forget. Actually, another thing that's really fucking annoying about Mad Max is that... So, you, like, in other games, like, most contextual actions, you go up to something and press a button. Every single thing in Mad Max, you go up to something, and you have to hold the button for, like, half a second. You can't just tap it. Like, get into a car, hold hold down the Y button. Like, swap uh, to the sniper rifle, hold down the button on the D-pad. Just, I, that would just be gradually more annoying as you Because it's annoying, because you, you'll, you'll start, like, trying to min-max it. You'll start, like, trying to just hold it for as... F- Hold it for as short as I can, and you'll you'll miss it. You'll go too short, and be like, (laughs) and you'll end up just like holding it for like twenty seconds, or fucking go. It's just so annoying. Like the game, I I enjoy the game. The game is fun. Not enough playtesting, but it's like there's just so much stuff which is just like you guys fucked up. Like you just okay. (sighs) So that's a good lesson in one. So I think what we should take from that is that like understanding, like if you're not Ubisoft, don't make Ubisoft games, because like no one but you like. No one really likes Ubisoft. Like, oh no. Okay, so like, I don't really like. Here's Ubisoft what they do games. well. They do this. The the list of things they do well. They do incredibly well. Yeah. So Assassin's Creed, when you're in a story mission, it's awesome. Oh yeah. Like, like they know how to do. Like, they know how to the, do story. The missions. world is alive. Everything is happening. You feel like you're engrossed. The minute yeah. the mission ends, well, it's, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like an empty canvas. You're like fucking whatever. And it's like. Sh- and like Ubisoft, well, just in general, most games just sort of like addiction to having these like really minute character upgrades, which don't really add much to it's your character's the world, power. The World of Warcraft thing, like, yeah, well, right. It's like, like, it's like, ooh, uh, my cape is slightly different. Yeah, now. and like t- and guns and mm-hmm. pistols deal two percent more got, damage. It's I like, oh god, I need that. Uh, you know what that is? That's the Borderlands thing. Well, no, because Borderlands, like, encourages it. Borderlands it's is just, like... Fun. Yeah, Borderlands knows is, it's doing it. Borderlands too. realizes that you're going to be, like... Like, Borderlands knows it's a loot game. You literally have badass ranks like that, they, are, that yeah. upgrade, like, 0.1% of fire yeah, damage. and you get, like, a bajillion yeah, of you them. You get so many, and yeah. so you're like, yeah, I can spend 10 at once. Yeah, But then it, they never, like, spend 8 hours, get 2 more points in pistol damage. That never yeah, happens. No, you it's never just, like, like play for, like, 10 minutes, you get a badass rank. And you, 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 you like, start ignoring them till the end, where it's just like, I have 150 badass oh, you'll, ranks. You'll log in, and you'll be like, I should spend all those. Yeah. But what's... I think what Ubisoft do really well is that the fun in Ubisoft games is, like... Playing the game is fun a lot of the time. Yeah, they usually the games usually yeah. feel really good. You're to like play. like I think particularly Assassin's Creed Unity, just fucking mo- <laughs> like moving around the city and fighting guards yeah. when you see them is amazingly fun. Yeah. The the reason that game fell down and like obviously if you exclude the buggy the the the, yeah. the, the issues they had on <laughs> the, launch if you exclude that you, you look bugs. at the game it's well that was they were they were too ambitious basically yeah. like the game itself is if you look at it now it's really good. But everyone hates it. But like, well, because they 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 just didn't do their due diligence before they launched. Um, so if you look at the game now, it's a really good game. It's really robust, but it still falls down because it has the old problem that Ubisoft always has, which is that the game feels alive when you're in the right headspace. So like, if you do a bunch of story missions, you're more likely to do side missions in between the story missions because you're in the fucking zone. Yeah. So you're like, so say in the most recent ones, so Assassin's Creed Unity. You're like, yeah, I just like you're like I just betrayed the assassin council or whatever. Let's go do a bunch of side missions to try and clear my head. <laughs> like you do that and you don't even think about doing it. And I was yeah. watching I was um 
I was reviewing some copyright strikes that I have on some of my videos for oh, the Assassin's Creed series. That's fine. I, I know how to fight them. I'm not an yeah. idiot. Um, <laughs> but I was going through and I just was like, I had the video open on the other pe- on the other tab to see what was going on. Yeah. Where the strike was. And I was listening to myself play and there were moments where I would become, like the, the game was written and constructed well enough in certain sections where I would get into the headspace of the character and do side missions or do like random activities because I felt like that's what the character would do given what had happened in the story. Yeah. And that's where Ubisoft has this massive strength is that they can connect their main story to side quests. What they can't do is connect everything to the world. Yeah. And it, when you finish the game, you just are left with like this blank canvas. Right? Like you just have like an, it's just like an empty painting. Yeah. Whereas Shadow of Mortal, you had like an empty painting that moved a lot. Right? Yeah. That you could kind of mess around with. But after a while, you got bored and you went and moved yeah. on to something else. So I think if they can work out how to make it feel less empty, then they'll succeed and they'll make... I think that's why they have a game every year. I don't think it's because... Obviously, the money-grabbing whores. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. But I think the reason that the development teams want to keep making them is that they want to give you... Like, I was saying the other day that if if Rocksteady Studios put out a DLC every six months for Arkham Knight that was just, like, the story of a... They just grabbed, like, a comic book story, built the story that you play through with cutscenes and combat and, like, all the different bits. Yeah. I would buy it every six months. I would buy that DLC every six months. Even we, or if they made a new game every year, they made a new Batman game every year in the same engine. Well, they basically are. Um, every two years or so. It was, like, three... Well, yeah, but Origins they didn't make. Oh, yeah, true. It's been, like, four... It's been a long time. They've been working on Arkham Knight for, like, five years. Yeah. But um, if they made, like, a game every year that they just handed off between, like... Rocksteady, they have various studios. They just hand yeah. it off, whatever. Built them in the same engine. I'd play the shit out of that. Because, like, <laughs> it's a fun game. The engine is fun, and they write the stories well. So I think if Ubisoft could somehow, like, find a way to do it that doesn't feel like they're just trying to rip money out of your wallet every year. Well, they are, but, you know. Yeah, they're a company. Yeah. Their job is to make money. And if you think about the amount of time and effort that goes into each game... Oh, God. Money, games are so expensive like, now. Could you, it's insane. Yeah. Like, they have, like, just... the. I can't even fathom how long it would take. <laughs> the fact that they can do that in a year to me is insane. Yeah. Like the fact that that's even possible. I mean, that's triple A. Triple A is. It's crazy. Triple A is a weird beast. Yeah. Oh, I think it's almost a genre unto itself. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it is. It is becoming one. Like because they t- they tend to just follow this. Like they all seem to be converging on the same sort of it's set like of mechanics. Pop music, right? Like, oh, sorry, yeah. not hip-hop, pop music. I tried yeah. to say pop. I started saying hip-hop. Well, I mean, pop music slowly moving into this weird funks scene where like like have you heard you've heard Downtown right by Macklemore and Brian Lewis it's like the biggest parody of Uptown Funk ever so here's the problem (laughs) here's the problem with that song Macklemore as a uh, rap musician has some serious bars behind him he can write really really well and he's technically impressive so a lot of his old stuff is well written Um, the hooks are the hooks are fire he's really good at writing hooks and he's really good at producing technically sound pieces of rap. Downtown... is like a joke of the song. Downtown, there are sections where he's written amazing rap, and it's technically phenomenal. And what's happened is, in the effort to make a parody of pop music, Ryan Lewis has produced a song that <laughs> is bad enough that it could just be a popular song. And yeah. so it is a popular song. And so the reflexivity of it being a parody is lost because it's not a good parody song. Yeah. It's just a bad pop song with some amazing bars in there. And that's about it. <laughs> like, like, so if, if they'd done, done what they did, but they dropped the female vocal hook... Yeah, I didn't understand that part. If they dropped that, it would be fine. 
because it's got a solid chorus that's a parody of pop songs. It's got some fucking well, it's a parody. It's a parody of Uptown Funk. Yeah, that's it. It's got some like fire the, the song shit. starts and you're like, this is literally ripped no, straight from Uptown. They, they they took they took the 808 kick pattern. That, yeah. That, and it's like there and then they f- put mopeds to it. It's amazing. Not? It's so clever. It's so funny. It's so funny and clever, and it's very Macklemore. But yeah. the fact that they were like, we also have, they were like, we have to make a parody of a pop song, but also make it a pop mug- song. Yeah. And they just, it sucks. <laughs> I hate it. I All love, right. I love his rap. So, in con- it, so continuing but on I from hate that, it. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it so much. <laughs> oh. So, so no, no Ryan Lewis in our ideal game. Ryan Lewis is not writing the music for our game. Uh, we're getting Mario Donald. Who's that? Uh, he did all the stuff for Halo. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, We're getting Mario O'Donnell to do the soundtrack. Um, I think if we have that Dark Souls multiplayer aspect to it, I think a similar like gameplay style to what's popular, so like that Assassin's creed thing. Well, but yeah, that's take... that's like that's what the genre of AAA is at the moment. Here's it's... what I want to do. <laughs> all right. Here's what I want to do. Shoot. Here it is. So you have a world, uh, so I don't know how you'd build it thematically, but you have like a Sky Pirate world. Alright. Ben just I'm made a face you. at me. I'm okay. with you. Sky Pirate World. You play as a character that you create. Yeah. You become a protagonist. Yeah. You serve on a Sky Pirate crew. You have it as you're on the ship and the ship is like your hub your hub world. You don't yeah. pilot the ship, you're just a crew member on the ship. You have relationships in the same way that Bioware games have you have interactions and relationships with your crew member, you have that with people on your ship. Yeah. And you can have romance, you can have antagonistic interactions, different people. Um, and what you do is you have a main story where you have your ship go throughout the world and do things, and your captain wants to do things, and you want to do things, and you have side missions, and you can leave the ship and stay on the ship. All this, and you have uh, sky, you have sky ports, so like taverns yeah. and cities that float in the sky that you can travel to on your ship. You can't access the ground, right? Yep. Um, you can go to these various sky ports, interact, and each sky port is like a city or like a rural town, and you basically build yourself an rpg thing <laughs> thing with sort of similar so you have like some kind of fighting mechanic and some kind of shooting mechanics you can have because it's pirates there'll be sword fights and stuff yeah um and so you can have like duels with other so like you know typical pirates would be like um you you're in the middle of a boarding or like you, two ships uh like two captains are at odds and they have the best two fighters yeah. fight and you might get thrown in the ring with their best <laughs> and you have mechanics there and i think that'd be mad fun and you basically build a robust world that lives and breathes because you have these different ships traveling everywhere and you build currency that's weird and you have like all this crazy <laughs> shit going on and you have like events that you can sail to and what you can do is you can have different parts of the world have events that you can go and join other people at. Yeah. So you can be like, so say there's like a skyport that's being attacked by the police type people from yeah. like the big cities. You can all go there and fight the police together. So you can like join up, so you can like yeah, or, or, or yeah, or in your, you're in the middle of a big, like, big set piece where like you're trying to get from one side of the port to the other to your ship, but the whole port's on fire and there's shit going down, and you're running through, and someone else can join you and help you out, or someone else can be on top of a building and give you cover fire, like yeah. work that kind of Dark Souls angle, but in a way that hasn't been done well. Well, you'd ha- you'd have to think about how would how would like so if you so if there's like if you have your character and they're like running through a city mm. that's on fire and you have like people supporting you like what would be the context like if i wanted to support someone how would that contextually be oh. sort of thrown so, in uh to, as in from your game how would you get yeah into that? how would you get into um, other, like would it be sort of like because you you could try to make it like organic where like depending on where you are in the world when an event happens that's the context for what you end up doing I later f- think you would have to so, we, uh, so, so let's I, say let's say like the city environment for example like 
you're in like the streets and like for some reason like another player at the same time in their own single player game was like i don't know like on top of a roof having a dinner party with someone and then fucking shit goes down then they would be on the roof to like and it would just be like support other people yes. like sort of that and I, I think what you could do is you could have um you would have a toggle on your menu somewhere where you can say online or offline yeah and so if you're online um what it'll do is as you're playing through and say say we're both on the same i'm on the rooftop you're in the city street yeah so you're in, you're in like an alleyway and i'm on the rooftop yeah. and i'm I'm, I'm like i'm at a rooftop tavern and uh what happens is our two games hook up and yep. the back end talks to each other and it says like what do we want to fuck and it's and it with? says uh this event happens now so the city catches on fire and it gets invaded by the police yeah and you're both pirates so what'll happen is that'll happen at the same time and you'll get a little dongle notification somewhere that says you're connecting um, now. that you're connected yeah. with this players um and then you'll have them on your whatever the interface is and you yeah. can see where they are and then you can help them out and then if you do that, maybe you get a reward if you're helpful or you're antagonist, like whatever it is you want to do. Yeah. Or you could sabotage them. So if you're like a full-on pirate, you could hunt <laughs> other pirates, right? Yeah. Or you could work for the good guys. And you could have like, um, you could have a pirate crew that actually works for the good guys. And so everyone thinks they're pirates. And then you go to you go to this big event where there's like three or four crews and one of them turns on the other crews yeah. and starts shooting them all in the back. Yeah. And you could create this really cool organic thing where like, no one trusts any. You basically play on that DayZ thing where you yeah. can't trust anyone. But I think you would have to work the system in such a way that you kind of have to trust. That you have to trust, trust someone. Yeah. The biggest problem that DayZ had is there was no shoot requirement to trust yeah. anyone. So it just turned into Whereas shoot in this, side. maybe, maybe, maybe the fuel to get your skyship around is limited. So well, because the the thing with DayZ is because it was entirely single player, uh, mm. multiplayer, they they couldn't really enforce. Because the thing with single player is that you can enforce rules. Yes. Like, there are plenty of single player games where you have to be the good guy or you have to be the bad guy. Like, games that don't play with the whole moral good-bad um, kind of thing. So, like, The Witcher 3. That yeah, play. or just, like... Or Shadow of Mordor. Or just, you're like, Batman guy. or whatever. Oh, yeah. Uh, where it's just, like, it puts you on a path where it's just, like, you're the good guy, here's your missions. Like, you could... Because you're playing a single player game inherently, which has, like, the Sky Pirate game. Yeah. Because it is inherently a single player game with, like, these multiplayer events. You could be, like... Yeah, because you are following this certain path mm. during this event, you actually have to do this, and if you don't, we can penalize you. Yeah, there will be penalties. Yeah. So, like, say, say you ki- so say you're working for the Sky Pirates, yeah. and you decide to kill a Sky Pirate. And it's just like you might you might lose some reputation, or you might yeah. lose some money, or there might be there's a re- the repercussion there. Or if you work for the the people that are you're an independent party hunting pirates. Yeah. You might if you help out a pirate, you might lose some credence with that, and you can kind of you can work an economy of some kind of uh reward for doing the thing which adheres to your the path that you've chosen and yeah. then some kind of negative repercussion yeah, to try and encourage you to stay on the, i mean at the end of the day like you will you can always like if someone decides to fuck you over that becomes part of the system yeah and then well, you can always adjust the thing with daisy is that like the the reward system for daisy was like at least vanilla daisy was just like you like the thing you want is like better gear like yeah. that's kind of just what you want and it's just like if you face an enemy player the like the best way to like not lose progress on your goal of getting better gear is to kill the player yeah because if you leave them alive there's that risk of them killing you and there's no benefit of teaming up because like if anything it means you have to split loot you've also got a high the more time you spend with someone in that game the more chance there is they're going to kill you yeah so it's just like that game's reward system daisy's reward system is getting better loot so when you meet another player you are extinct like 
you're rewarded for killing them Correct, essentially yeah. so everyone kills everyone whereas if you're in a game where it's just like there's like lots of different axes of like sort of morality or just mm. like reputational things are like then it means that like this the decision of do i kill this person or not it's just like it's bounded by the fact that like if i kill this person i lose reputation here or i gain reputation here or i lose this or even like you could even do it like you could even play it um a little more to the emotional side of things and if you kill this person maybe that crew member you've been romancing is not going to be happy with you yeah so you can you can you can play you can that tie things in with yeah. your single player because experience I, I think i think something that dragon age inquisition did really well is that the decisions you made in the real so the decisions you made as the person in charge of this army really affected your personal relationships like they would in real life yeah so like if you're married to someone who is like we shouldn't kill elves and you go and you order an elf massacre yeah. they're probably not going to be happy with you yeah so you do that where like if you're in a relationship with someone or even if you're just friends with someone or you might someone might become antagonistic toward you on the crew and it might mean that you get less loot because they're above you in the ranking like you could kind of play with yeah. how that would work yeah it means you can sort of apply non you can apply sort of like non-linear like more discrete consequences yeah to actions which I think are often more effective because it means that you don't... Yeah. It means you're just like, oh, I'll just kill half of them so I only lose half half of something. Whereas it's just isn't like, the same you, thing. Yeah. yeah. But if it's just like, if you kill any of them, it's all gone as opposed to, oh, you can kill like two of them and then two of your things are gone or whatever. Yeah. Or it's like if you try and... You then have the... You, what you can also do is you can offer the player the opportunity to recover from their error. Yeah. So you can like try and justify it to yeah. that character. You can try and go and reclaim that error you've made. Um or you might have a system where you can then go and seek out other players to help to repair the fact that you fucked up and killed. Or, yeah. you know, whatever it is. Because I, I like the idea of... In my head... Um, <laughs> in my head, you would have uh, third person... It mainly be third person. Yeah. Um, and, but you would have it like that kind of uh, tonally similar to like a combination of Guns of Icarus, Red Dead Redemption, and like... Um, like Firefly. So you, you build on... Yeah. You build on the pillars of what make great rustic storytelling so you have stuff like depending on the kind of world you want to build you would have the cities feel like massive like you would have massive cities you could go to but then you would also have like less dense skyports that are more like rural towns yeah and you can walk through them you can go to shops and like you can sleep in taverns and do all this stuff and i think if you could get like the tone of the places right they would all feel really distinct yeah and you could do cool stuff like you could have a few massive cities that are maybe on the ground that are the only places that are accessible on the ground and that's where the police people live yeah, and that's like more of the, a more of like a hub thing. Yeah, more centralized, and then yeah. all of the sky power people live in like the outer ports. Yeah, and you do you kind of take the Star Wars model where the bad guys sort of have control over the central area, and the good guys are forced to scatter into these kind of outer rims, hmm. and you have that play of like maybe maybe the good guys make a play at the big city, maybe that's like a worldwide event. Yeah, and you can kind of fuck with that a bit, and then maybe even if they succeed, if you're not up to the part in the story where that's possible, then you can kind of reflexively be like that event <clears throat> happens in a different way in your world or you can kind of fuck with that the one difficult thing with doing events like that is it means it sort of it almost inherently puts like a time limit on your game that's true like it means that like if someone in like 10 years time were to come and play the game they wouldn't get that they wouldn't get that it's, which is like that, that's part like every multiplayer game has that issue like MMOs then which, I don't then I don't want to do that because I feel like that's not that's the reason I play single player games is because it's at my they, own base. Yeah, and I, I can do what I want to do when I want to do it. Yeah, but it's like you can play Dark Souls and however you could play Dark Souls in the yeah, future and it would in, pretty much be the same. Nothing in the game relies. Relies. Yeah, 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 you're right. That's so that would be that would be something we wouldn't include. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, no, you're right though. Yeah, that would. But it's like the events, the event system. It's just like it could be a case of just like doing an event. You could sort of just like have like AI controlled characters who are replaced by player characters uh, okay. in the instance of there being a player character available oh, to do cool. that event. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which means that like you could have these worldwide events but just have computers and just occasionally just be like, oh yeah, that guy's a real person, by the way. <laughs> oh, that'd be cool, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Because then that'd you, be cool. you, you can sort of... people in. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. And then like if you want to play with your friends in these big events, you can. Yeah. And I think what would be cool about that as well is if you're really into co-op, your buddy can jump on your ship for a bit. Yeah. And you can go somewhere and do a few things. It's kind of the... Um... I'm trying to think of like... There's... I... There is a game I played recently where you could do this. I can't think of what... I really know what I can't think of well, what it was, but... The way Guild Wars 2 does its story sort of... Because, like, uh, Guild Wars 2 does... Like, the story missions in Guild, War 2, Guild Wars 2 are, like, a big deal. Mm. Like, it actually has a story that you follow as you level up. Yeah. And it's, like, you can... Like, they're sort of... They're, like, instanced and they're sort of, like, separate from, like, the real world. So, But they're sort of, con- like, contextualized that they still feel, like, part of the same world. But, like, you sort of know that, yeah, this, like all of this stuff is sort of not really canon because everyone else has done it kind of thing. Yeah, you get the sense of that. Yeah, it's just like, I'm not the only hero. Like, there are plenty of other people. Mm. But it's like, in Guild Wars 2, you can actually do, like, these story missions with your friends. Mm. Which is weird because you can, like... Because everyone has, like, a different... Because there's, like, a branching pathline. You can, like, do a mission with someone else who was in a completely different, like, alliance than you are. And then you can go back and do your mission and invite them over to do uh, it okay. in your and it's like it's so that like they so they just like ignore the continuity issues See, i feel like we just could, like they just throw it out the window we could address like, that yeah. through the law and the story yeah i feel dark souls do that really well because i don't know how much you know about the law of dark souls but the idea absolutely is, nothing okay so the idea is that <laughs> there are infinite there are an infinite number of realities where one person is trying to fight through a dying kingdom to rekindle the flame yeah the first flame right and so the great thing about dark souls is that is that time is like weirdly transient so you can have someone who's like this godlike character who's beaten the whole game and is like level 135 and you're yeah. level 10 <laughs> and just by accident you end up in the same instance of something. Yeah. And it makes sense lore-wise because the way that they've constructed their story, the gameplay fits in with that. So we could work that angle because what you could have is in this world you could have um, you could have characters who are um, who can travel through time. Either back, no, 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 but either backwards or forwards. So you have Sky Pirates. What you do is you work in like magic in inverted commas. So it's like Final Fantasy. No, because what you do is you have that magic be like. What you do is you have the world be set in a post-apocalyptic world. All right. You don't know that. It's just Sky Pirates. Yeah. And what you have is you have, maybe when you go to like maybe there are some areas we can go to the ground. Maybe not. Like maybe a few areas for specific story missions, and you see like bits of old machinery that are so old and foreign that they look like they're old metal monsters or like you kind of like Stephen King did it in the Dark Tower really well yeah. where like they would come across they came across like a, um, a a solar water pump but the way that the characters approached it, it you didn't know you didn't really know what it was until one of the characters like managed to get water out of it and then as a reader you were like oh that was a solar water pump but it the way that they describe it oh because really they clever. didn't know what it was yeah. so when they describe it they're just yeah. like it's this weird it was this really panel foreign thing, thing and he's like and then there's this bit going to the ground and then there's a bit face there's like a shield like protecting it and you're like what what is that you're like oh my god yeah. a... and so you could fuck with that shit <laughs> That's and you clever, could yeah. you could have like these characters that are magic but what they really are is they're just like some 
there's some evolution of some version of humanity that came way before that didn't die during whatever the event was that caused yeah. this apocalypse and you could have maybe like um they were born of some virus or some infection and the way that you get into other people's instances is like you get hit with this virus and you experience this hit of this virus and then you go back to your world when it wears off or something yeah I mean, you could fuck with that, like, thematically. You, you can make you, it work. Yeah, you can do it anyway. Um, I mean, the idea of just, like, sort of alternate universe you can put into any game. Because mm. it's just like, yeah, it's, it's, yeah whatever. I think the difficulty <laughs> Video of doing games. it is when it's, like, it's done lazily. Yeah, when it's just, like, so jarring to the story. You're like, oh, God. Something that Assassin's Creed did really... Assassin's Creed Unity did really well is that you could go into <laughs> co-op instances with people and run missions together. Yeah. Um, There was no, like, real explanation of, like, how... Because there were just other assassins around. Yeah. So you just went on a mission with another assassin. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, great. <laughs> cool. And you were like, oh, okay, great. No, that's fine. <laughs> you were like, cool, that's great. Yeah. Um, But you could, like, replay missions and stuff because it was a video game. There's yeah. an understanding there. But they did this other weird thing where they had these missions, because you're in the Animus. You had missions where you could go into, like, different time periods because yeah. the Animus was fragmented. Okay. So you'd go into, like, World War Two. What and, the like, fuck? World War Two Paris. <laughs> It was really weird and cool, but, like, it just kind of, like, it's because they're in the Animus, they can do cool, and they never thought of doing that Yeah. Before. And it was really cool, and you can go into, you went to, like, medieval Europe at one point, huh. into, like, during the Crusades, and it was just really cool, but, well, like... So Assassin's Creed 1? No, like, before that. Oh, okay. And, like, it was cool, but weird. Like, it just, <laughs> it was like, oh, that was a cool idea, but the execution was lacking. Yeah. But I feel like that, I mean, that sounds like a fun game. Well, that... Like, Assassin's Creed can get away with that because it's got that extrapolation of the fact that the storyline of Assassin's Creed is actually the, like, the futuristic Yeah, one. they've got the super story over the top, yeah. which is very clever. I oh, think... yeah, it allows them to do so much. Like, it's, oh, it's... that's, like, the smartest thing that is... Like, Assassin's Creed 1, pretty boring, but, yeah. like, that was smart. Yeah, Because oh, it gave oh, it it gives, just... it gave them just, like, so much... Someone at Ubisoft so breathing room. had the biggest bone on yeah. it. They were like, I can feel the money. Yeah. <laughs> um, genius. It's so smart. Genius move. Like, they, they, they probably just, like, put it in and, like, didn't realize the ramifications it of where they could It was probably throwaway at the time. They were yeah. like... Oh, they didn't realize fun. where they could take the story just, with it. Like, the, if you think about the stuff they could do with that series, there is no reason why it They can literally do anything with There is no series. reason why it can't be one of the best series of all time. Yeah. It's going to be one of those weird things where it's just, like you will like be around in forever. the future you'll like you'll you'll be like oh assassin's creed it's like this game where you play as assassins and you'd play the first one you'd be like oh it's it's actually this weird animus thing which you'd be like you wouldn't know you just assume that it's like set in these different yes. time periods you'd be like okay so it's in the crusades and then they would explain like oh we use this animus you'd be like okay because like when we when i played assassin's creed one i was like what the fuck is this animus bullshit no like, this it, it is was, so it was it was kind of superfluous like, like what the hell yeah. this is just so dumb and then you you play the game you'd be like oh great it's just like this is fun like it was cool at the time like running around and shit the game was boring but like but every time you got pulled out of the animus you're like no put me back in like i don't want i don't want to deal with this shit but then like assassin's creed 2 it was just like dude there's this no well, there's, there's, this, <laughs> there's this penny drop moment where um it's when you first when you realize the worlds are connected you're like dude oh, yeah well it's, it's like when you have the first instance of the bleeding effect and you get back into the animus um and one of the characters is like they try to pull you out and you're like no i'm staying yeah and you're like oh yeah <laughs> you're like oh okay like, oh. i this is clever yeah so i think that and then it just like fucking oh. goes crazy from there honestly like genius um oh, so smart all, all credit and then like the stuff they've done with unity is so smart they're like in in the Assassin's Creed world, they built Ubisoft 
in the world. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. so clever. There's, so um, they can have the games exist in the... Yeah. I was like, oh, that's genius. There's, um, there was a... Oh. Do, you, do you watch Game Theory? Uh, yeah. Have you seen the one where it's just like all the Ubisoft worlds are connected? No, I haven't. So it's this theory that every single Ubisoft game is actually in the same universe because there's... Because Astergo... Astergo? Abstergo. The company Abstergo, in... yeah. Well, because Far Cry 3 is in, in that game. Yeah. And like, like there's a reference to abstergo in far cry 3 and there's a reference to the company that that makes the animus and watchdogs yeah that makes sense i mean it, and it, like and the make... idea is so the the theory says basically that who's the main character of watchdogs he's uh, uh eden aiden aiden, aiden, Pierce. Yes, aiden. so aiden that Pierce. the idea is that aiden is actually he's not an assassin but he's like allied with the assassin's mm-hmm. order and he's against the templars in the future which is like the present oh my god that the, would be like, watch, so watch, cool what's the episode like the the evidence is actually amazing oh, that'd be so cool because like if you think about it they have like because which is it's sort of an element of just because they're ubisoft games mm. but like aiden is basically an assassin like, also can he, we talk about how good that game was i haven't played it watch dogs was a great game there was just oh people just hated it because of the e3 like graphic because people like it's the same thing where it's just like everyone's getting angry over graphics and it's just like i thought we've been arguing that it's gameplay over graphics i like i thought that was the thing it was we a all fun game like i had fun with it admittedly yeah. like there was some, i haven't played it yet I, there, it was one of those things where like i finished it and i was like that was fun yeah. i wish there was more yeah but i wasn't like i'm gonna go back and play it again yeah whereas like there are other games that are so like gta 5 was so good that i was like that was great let's play it again right away <laughs> whereas like that one i was like that was okay yeah. oh yeah definitely watch the uh oh, i'll link you to it it's yeah. like i was like wow i mean I just, it's the kind of thing where it's just like yeah obviously like it's ubisoft of like that sounds like something they would absolutely it's, yeah, do it's it's yeah. and without like a, without a hesitation yeah yeah and it's it's the kind of thing where it's like that's pretty cool like i hope that's a thing yeah because it's like blizzard's blizzard's universe is technically all connected now because of heroes of the storm yeah which isn't really canon but like I let's mean, be honest like blizzard's universes have always meshed between well, each other it's... like there were starcraft models in warcraft 3 yeah like yeah. There were like Hydras in Warcraft and shit. Like it, they've always just like played with the idea that like their universes are basically just one. If they can make it as clever, so uh, the the first person to really do this on a huge scale is Stephen King. Yeah, all of his books take same place universe. in the yeah. same universe, and the connections are fucking insane. <laughs> like, it ju- like the first time that you realize. So like I've read almost everything he's put out just yeah. through necessity because like we have a similar writing style, so I learn a lot from what he does. Yeah. Um, uh, not to say that I'm anywhere near as good, but, like, structurally, we have similar yeah. tendencies. Um, and just, like, the first time that you realize, like, there's a point in the Dark Tower series where a character from one of his really early series ends up in the Dark Tower after the end of one of his other books. And then another character is involved directly in the event of another book. And then the villain <laughs> in the Dark Tower is in all of his books. Oh, really? And there's this moment when, like, all of it like sinks in and all like you like, put all the pieces together in your head and you're like yeah oh <laughs> but it's not obvious like it just it's so subtle yeah and when you realize that you're like this dude's a fucking genius yeah probably the i like media that does like sort of where it has like its universe and then it just sort of like slowly pulls other elements into the universe i think marvel like, could have done it better than they have oh yeah definitely but they did de- i think the way they did it in daredevil was so good i haven't seen it yet oh yeah we talked about this last time you still haven't seen it but yeah. um so that takes place in Hell's Kitchen, which is a region in New York City. Yeah. And it's after the first Avengers film. 
okay. so the city's been decimated by the yeah. Chitauri invasion. So, like, all of these people are out of jobs, and they were, like, rebuilding the city, and, like, one of the reporters made his big break when he reported on the, 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 that invasion. Yeah. But that was, like, his last big piece. Oh, yeah. And it's like, oh, that's, that's cool. That's pretty funny, Like, yeah. just cool stuff like that. And, like, um, people compare, like, Daredevil to the Avengers and stuff. Like, yeah. it's just, like, but really subtly. Probably my favorite example of something kind of, like, it's not really, like, connecting to books or anything, but basically, so... Uh, House of Leaves is like probably my favorite book of all time. It's yep. this weird yeah, sort yeah, of yeah, amalgamation yeah. of I documents. Think it's pretty. If you've read much, you probably know. Yeah, it, and yeah. it's it the so it's weird. So there's like there's different versions of the book that have been printed. So yes. like there's different ty- like there's there's like the sort of original copy, and then there's like there's like the copy that most people use, which is like the full color edition or whatever. And then there's yeah. there's like three different versions, I think, and it's like. So you read it, and it's and like the you get a foreword by from the editors, and you're like, okay, so this is like the editors of this oh, that's version, right, yep. and they talk and like they talk, and you're like, okay, and they sort of talk about like how this book, like where this book started, and things like that. You're like, okay, so like they're they're talking about the book itself. You start reading it, and like throughout the throughout the book itself, there'll be like footnotes from ed- the editors who that will like mention things, and you'll be like, okay, and you. Because it's really hard to sort of... With that book, it sort of plays with your idea of just, like, what part of this book is real and what part of it is oh, part of the fictional universe. I fictional completely universe. forget in that moment. So, like, the lowest layer you can tell is, is fictional because it's not a, it's, it's about a movie. And you're like, this movie doesn't exist. This is fictional. So then you're like, okay, so the layer on top of that, which is this guy talking about this book, about this film, that has to be fictional as well. Because the film's not real. Because the film's not real. And then there's the layer on top of that, which is this, which is sort of like the main character. And he himself is just like, yeah, I've never heard of this film in my life. So you're like, okay, this Maybe guy might be real. But then like, you're like, okay, this guy kind of, but then like the guy who you think is real, he slowly gets pulled into the same universe. You're like, no, this guy, this, this guy's fake. But the it's, editors, it's the last, yeah, it's that which is the is, which fucks you up because you, the whole time you're thinking like the editor's like the author, it well you don't almost, even know who the author is. It almost is like it almost the, gets away with it. Oh, and then like towards the end you're just like, dude, the editors are in in on it as well. Like then like there's a penny drop moment where you, it's like, like oh, because they they fuck. will because like even even like things in the lower level that you know are fake will reference real people and real yes, things. Yes, it, it has They'll touched be like, on oh, yeah, we, we had an interview with, like, Stephen King or something, yeah. and he had this to say, and there's, like, a whole list of, like, just real people and it's like okay that that's fake yeah, but like they are happens. real people yeah. but then like the editors like there'll be a few times where they just make it slip that just like yeah we talked with this guy and it's like that guy's part of the lower universe yeah, that you if, know is fake if you forget like because you, f- you don't always notice oh as well. it, just so clever it's it's one of those things where it's just like it pulls it like everything just like slowly gets sucked in and you're just like is this book even real yeah like who's this author like so I, clever oh, it fucks me up you're honestly genius like just it's, it's a really good book it, and it's it's entertaining it to read um, you need to read the hard you need to pick up the physical oh yeah no you can't um, don't read it online no, it's it's by it's pretty get, much impossible. Get, get the full printed it's still being printed so you'll be able to find yeah. a copy but get the full i got color. it online get the full color edition yeah um, buy it for the book depository i'll have it wherever yeah, whichever country you're in. yeah um so it's just like, honestly genius like there's this moment they're like the probably the freakiest thing that hit me and this kind of a spoiler whereas the uh 
So every every time the word house is mentioned, it's written in blue. It's yes. just it's just a weird thematic thing they do throughout the book. Yeah. Every time and it's like one of the hints as well. When the one one time the editors say house and it's written in blue and you're like, What the fuck? <laughs> you're like, motherfucker. <laughs> and yeah. I was I was like reading it and like I put the book away and I looked at the front cover and I noticed that the word house on the front cover was blue and I'm like, that wasn't blue, that was white. Because the, the text is white, so it kind of oh. hides. You don't really notice the blue. And I'm like, no, that that was white. That oh, was definitely white. Oh, man. And I'm like, was it blue? A, did you have a, what the fuck? I, like, like... I, I did Google. I had to like, oh. look up the look cover up images to see the if cover. it's blue or white. I was like, I was like, what the fuck That's is going on? That's fucking phenomenal. It's terrifying. That's that amazing. Book, that book scares the shit out that, of me. Um, that, that font color thing um, is a really clever technique <laughs> that you can do where... Um, there's a there's a few shades of blue that are close enough to black that you don't oh, notice yeah. it with the naked eye. That's what it is. But what you like... can do is you can ch- so what you can do in like a say like you have an essay for school, <laughs> right? And yeah. you have a few points that like you have things which specifically answer the criteria. Oh, you want to like make someone like make it them, just very you make subtle. Them, you make like them a... the slightest amount of blue. So the person like editing can't see it, but subconsciously they focus on the bits which answer the answer the criteria more, and you'll get better marks. That's pretty clever, actually. Yeah. That's why I got A's in English. Might start doing that. Yeah, it's good for you. It's good for everything. Yeah. Um, or you just have to make or make the font one size smaller, but then bold it. Um. <laughs> also, also do everything unless unless your piece of person marking it is a wanker. Make everything you submit ever in Garamond, the font. G- Garamond. A- Garamond is the publishing font. I've every never single, used Garamond. Every single book you've ever read is published in some form oh, really? of Garamond. Huh. So if you submit a manuscript in Garamond, it already looks like it's a published work, so they're more likely to like it. Huh, nice. So if you ever, like, need to publish it, if you ever need to, like, hand in a proposal or something... Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, in general, if it's if you're reading on a screen, use Sans. Yeah, serif. anything Sans. But if anything printed, use Serif. Yeah. Um, because it's... It's all about the DPI of yes, printing. Yes, because printing is a much higher DPI than screens. Printing is, and also, the and other thing... anti-aliasing. I was going to say, the other thing you don't have is you don't have the anti-aliasing, yeah. so you need it. But, um, yeah, um, Garamond is, like... That's, like, that's the reason that I keep getting published. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure. You're right, you're shitting Garamond. Uh, Garamond. Um, so you yeah. don't need to submit anything with, like, Garamond. Um, yeah. and, and use... Use that trick with the. You got to make sure it's a shade. There's a few. You can look it up on. You can look up the hex. There's a bunch of articles on it. You can look up the hex value. The that hex you need. value for it, yeah. But um, yeah, it works every time. That's like, terrifying. Um, you can. There's so many things you can do to fuck. You can also make stuff that's less important. Uh, one hex. Like you can make it like one or two shades lighter. Yeah. Um, so they don't notice <laughs> it as much. So if you really whiff a section, you just make it slightly lighter, and they're not gonna read it yeah. as much, and they're not gonna they're not gonna take it in as or um. You can, I mean, you can do it with all kinds of shit. Like, it's really good on resumes and CVs and stuff. If you have a few really outstanding things for that particular job that you're applying for that match the criteria they've asked for, you make that shit the dark. Well, do what I do and literally hide a riddle inside of your resume. All that. Which <laughs> makes you sound a little insane. Oh, no. it's I, I spent, like, a long time building it. I love riddles. I just love, like my jam. I love the idea of, like... I think, like... Well, the, I, I mean, literally, the, old, the only result that the riddle goes to is an Imja link, which just has, like... A picture that says hi. Yeah, genius, hi. genius. I'm like, good job. But um, one you of the thi- one of the things that I really wanted, we'll like, a, you found it. Hire me. <laughs> we'll do a podcast on this at some point. But um, like really interesting CVs and resumes and portfolios. Oh yeah. If you can get that right, like people just fucking hire you. I just like riddles. Yeah, but like there's a there's a great one that I saw. Um, and it was a web designer. Um, and you go and it was like a link to the portfolio it was like yeah. her CV, and you go to the website. Um, I'll try and put in the, the description if I can remember. Um, 
you click on the so you go to the website and it's just like a it's like a hash f7 f7 it's like an off-white blank yeah. piece um and it has enter like in the middle in like just a box like a black text and yeah. i was like that's curious and you click on it and it's like um and it's looks like it looks like the start of a cv so it looks like um if you had like a pdf or something it looks like the the top viewport of a pdf yeah and it's even got like file and everything and it's got like the person's name and like where they live and the basic details yeah and the minute that you scroll down that like pushes up because i bl- i don't know if it's parallax or something but it just like slides up off the screen and disappears even if you just touch a scroll bar yeah yeah and then it goes hi my name is blah yeah, and then clever. it has like a line that draws down to the bottom of the page and you scroll again and then it draws the line down and the line morphs out to create her resume oh man so it's like i've made these websites and then it goes like down there and it'll draw back and, forth. and it's just like wow yeah and I, it's just like all you do is nudge your scroll bar to get to the next page yeah and i got to the end of it i was like i would hire you yeah that's phenomenal and just like think outside the box when yeah. you want to do that we'll do a whole do what i do and hide qr codes and your yeah be a fucking anything. nerd make yeah. it as geeky as you can uh, dude you can hide qr codes in anything you'd be surprised because qr code readers are really good at finding they really QR are. codes i want to put them like in all kinds of weird places you can like you can have if you have like a, a qr code with so like the bigger the qr code and like the less data you put in it the more like of the blocks that are dedicated to just error checking so making sure that what you have is uh, correct. Yep. So if you have like a two-letter message in like like a 64 by 64 QR code, you can literally have like about two-thirds of the QR code missing and it'll still oh, read it. That's, oh, that makes sense. Because... That's so cool. Like QR codes are so resilient. We're going to put QR codes in everything. You better I, dude, scan the shit out of I everything we make. I li- like I'm considering just like buying a, like a sheet of... um like stickers and just printing out a bunch of random QR codes and just slapping them places. It should be ads or something for your portfolio. Yeah. I want to, I wanted to write a piece of software that let me like sort of hack QR codes, like read a QR code and sort of redirect it or like, yeah. Or like basically like scan it and figure out like which squares I could just color in with like a pen or like change it to something else. To change it to something else. And like, cause the, that's could really we adver- could we advertise with QR code stickers? Could could we put QR code stickers somewhere that just push to our website or something? Yeah, futile. I mean, it's it's vandalism, but you know. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I mean, what? If you put, Why? Well, I don't give a shit. The thing is, if you if you push it to your website, like it's not like it's that's not identifying because then it's just like literally anyone could put that QR code yeah. up. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, this is proof that no, we did it's it. fine. It'll be, you know, who knows? Yeah, um, we're not doing that. No, but also let um, it let the record show that we're not actually going to do that. Also, that would be incredibly stupid and irresponsible. Yeah, and I would never do that. No, but if I was to do that, I would also not get caught. Yeah, you wouldn't put them anywhere dumb. I wouldn't be like, hmm, this police building. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, hmm, this space where anyone can legally put anything. That's where I'll put it. Yeah, true. Like. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. like, if someone, like, I know I do. If I see a QR code, I fucking scan it. Well, you could put it over the top of another QR code. You can. That's the funny thing. That's, that's great. Like, that's what I, that's what I like doing. Because that's, like, that's, like, digital vandalism, which is really something interesting. I don't know that there'd be much precedent for that. Because I guess you're stealing ad. It'd be, like, graffitiing an ad, I guess. Yeah. But you can't be, that's you not can, a felony. If you, you know how, like, on buses, they have, like, those advertisements, yeah. which have, like, the scan the QR code or tap your phone here. Yeah. You can actually, uh, sort of, it you have to write custom software to do it but you can actually rewrite those those tags that's cool and the thing with that is that there's no like there's no evidence because you just put your phone next also to it also no one's checking it run your code 
Yeah, but as soon as someone, like, decides to put their phone there, done. Yeah. That's kind of clever. I feel like we live in this weird world where, like, it's, oh, dude, it's, like, it's some watchdog shit, man. Yeah, like, that's... You, like, it's that's it's terrifying. really... Su- like, there's there's things called drop boxes, which are, um... No, dead drops. Like, digital dead drops. And it's where you, you find a crack in the wall, and you get, like, a USB yeah, stick I've seen and that some shit. sealant, and you, sh- and you put it a little... You put, like, just the USB, so it's just poking yeah. out. And then you just leave it. But like, and you, you see what happens. Oh, you see what people put on there? Yeah. 90% so of the weird. time it's viruses. So, but, yeah, like, be. every now and then, like, it's like so there's weird. one at EQ... And it's just like you, you just like every now and then you're like, oh, let's see what's let's see what's on the jet, dead drop. So and it's weird. like it's next to this, it's next to this seat. So you just sit there and you just have like a USB extender. You, so, so you're kind of so you're kind of sitting there with your laptop plugged into the wall, That's literally. Cool. And you just like there'll just be like some weird shit on there, just like some text files, That's like cool. some some code that you don't open because it's probably it's really probably bad. a virus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I like, like you, that. like you usually open it on like a um. Like a virtual machine, because ninety yeah. percent of the time you'll open <laughs> it and it'll just crash your computer, and you'll be like, "Well, <laughs> good, good chat, everyone." Yeah. Um. So on that, very strange and yeah, that went weird. That was weird. Yeah. On that strange note, um, I've been David. I'm Ben. Um. Yeah. I mean, don't don't graffiti. Don't graffiti, and unless you're doing it on QR codes, don't graffiti. Case, do it. Don't it's steal fine. a fucking game idea. We'll catch you. Not that we could make not, it. But yeah, like, no, not like it. Actually, if you are going to steal it, let us know and we'll help you out. Yeah, we'll give you Actually, if you ideas. are going to steal it, please do and just give us a ring. Yeah, just <laughs> we'll like tell us. We'll yeah, play we'll it. chat. I'll write it. That's cool. I'll be the lead writer. I, could, I feel like I could do I'll that. I'll play it. <laughs> Ben's like, I'll play test. I mean, I am technically a game developer now because... Oh, yeah? When yeah. you graduate, you will be. Well, I mean, game developing is... If you've made a game, you're a game developer. The truth can, can be said for being a writer doesn't mean you're a good one yeah no there's a difference between a good day game yeah. developer and a you're not todd yet but you get me oh whatever f- baby steps yeah but todd todd's something else todd's yeah, yeah. Dude's, dude's crazy he's weird um <laughs> yeah he's a strange <laughs> um but yeah so uh i can't think of a moral from this one i felt like last oh, time we had a nice moral, really at good the moral. End. that's because we were being deep and existential uh, we weren't really being existential and that wasn't particularly deep but i see a point there's no moral. i can't it's think deep, of a like a five foot swimming pool yeah Deep like a teaspoon in yeah. a jar of Vegemite. You don't, re- oh, you don't really want ew. it, and you're gonna throw up afterwards. They really want it, but you're gonna do it anyway because yeah. you're a weird Australian person. Oh god. Um. Yeah. But no. Um. Yeah. I've got no moral. So I yeah. guess we'll just see you guys next time. Yeah. Later. Bye. The soundtrack's amazing. Yeah. The visuals are very like well done, and like the gameplay is <laughs> super fun. <laughs> and like because those three things are there, it's like it's exceptionally good. Hey, I could do it in a heartbeat and make millions, but it would feel like. Gouging my soul out. Yeah, Jurassic Park's a little more like DDR. If Shrek is a very tall creature, can he actually own land and want to kick them off? Where did that come from? You have to make a lot of shit up to make good art. Yeah, yeah. that's like that's just the truth. Like.